Hey there. Well, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. I do. I give a shit about you. I'm thinking about you right now, you listener out there, and I know you're judging me. You're judging me. You're going to be judging me and, and thinking to yourself, can this chick handle a radio show? I don't give a shit. I'm over it. Okay, well, anyway, uh, before I get to my incredibly uh, talented, intelligent um, guest and f- close friend, can I say that, Carol? We're pretty close friends, right? Yes, you can, because okay. your husband told me that we were close friends, oh, so did? I think it's okay. Okay, Carol Kino, there she is. Uh, I'll get into her, you know, why she's here or, like, what her deal is in a minute. But at fir- first, I want to tell you about this incredible party that I'm going to tomorrow night. And you're invited. You're actually invited. And I'm also inviting all the guests that I've had on my show for this whole whole first season because this is going to be a party to celebrate season one. That's right. And it's the Season 1 Radio Free Brooklyn Season 1 Rap Party and Fundraiser live broadcast. And it's Friday, tomorrow, October 23rd from 8 p.m. to midnight at Pine Box Rock Shop, which is my favorite, seriously favorite bar. Um, You can find me laying out, passed out in front of it any night at 1 (laughs) a.m. at 12 Granton Street in Bushwick next to the Morgan L. Stop. And it's pay what you can. The first 25 people will receive a special free gift at the door. I'm wondering what that is myself. (laughs) So this is going to be emceed by Gabrielle St. Evanson. And there are going to be performances by Doll Parts, which is a Dolly Parton tribute band, which I can't even imagine what that must be like. I'm excited. We also have singer-songwriter Mississippi Cotton. Burlesque by this really hot chick. I've met her, Legs Malone. Also, DJ sets by the Radio Free Brooklyn hosts. Radio Free Brooklyn merchandise will be available for sale, and several gift bags and swags and gifts by local businesses will be raffled along, raffled off. Even if you can't support us monetarily, just fucking show up, okay? We'll shake your hand. And if you've been on my show, I'm telling you now, you get a free drink from me, okay? All right. So I want to um, introduce introduce our guest today, Carol Kino. And um, as I've already, as as she already knows, that she has all these credits that I wasn't even aware of until this show because she had to write them down for me. How could you not be aware of them? Well, I thought you knew them all. Well, I knew like the Wall. I knew like the Wall Street Journal. T Magazine, the New York Times, but I didn't know, like, the two-time, she was a two-time UC, USC Annenberg Getty Journalism Fellow. Arts Journalism Fellow. Yeah, that's a big deal. I didn't know oh, that. okay. Congratulations. Well, the fellowship doesn't exist anymore, but... Um, oh, don't say I that. I had it twice while I did. Don't say that. They were buying it. Okay, so I'm just going to tell you really quickly what it what she writes for. She writes about art for Wall Street Journal Magazine, T Magazine, The New York Times, First Dibs, Art Desk, Art Basel, Miami, Miami Beach, and a lot more. Her work has also appeared in Art and Auction, where she was a contributing editor till fairly recently, the National Abu Dhabi Atlantic Monthly, Slate, where she wrote the first slideshows, Time Out, New York, Modern Painters, blah, 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 many more. 
<laughs> Did I say blah, 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 or was that you? That was <laughs> Just me. Filling in. I, yeah, okay. That was enough. That was enough. All right, Carol, you show off, you. Big deal. You asked, and I told you. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. So uh, anyway, we are going to – so we were, like, talking about what we were going to talk about, but I think what we're going to do is uh, – Carol and I actually kind of, she knows uh, some of the artists that have been on my show so far, and we were sort of gossiping a little bit about uh, how I did and how those shows went. So maybe we'll get to that in a little bit. But Carol was also saying that um, this might be a good opportunity for us to talk about her accent. (laughs) <laughs> is that right, Carol? Are you glad you yes. told me that? Or are you nervous? No, now? I am. Let's clear the air. Okay. Straight out. See, so. this is why we're yeah. friends, because she okay. can say this shit. Right, exactly. Okay, I'll tell you what. Carol, why don't you uh, read, like, one sentence? You brought a book with you. Why don't you read oh, right. a couple, it's one a or two, two sentences? I'll give but you... But I a, might need to put my reading glasses on to really okay. do it properly, because okay. the light here is kind of... Crappy. Um, um, let's see. And it's a very appropriate book, too. Okay, okay. But unfortunately, I really can't see it because okay. the light is so I'll fill dim. in the time while you get your glasses okay. on. Well, Don't worry. Well, I'll shine my um, oh, okay. iPhone on Or your that. shirt. She has this really shiny shirt. It yeah, looks but like I it don't can reflect it light right on it. very much. It says, what does my shirt say? I've forgotten now. It says. It says solid gold solid Marfa. Gold Marfa. You got that in Marfa? I got it in Marfa. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, it it's is off. kind of awesome. Imagine then a flat landscape, dark for the moment. I don't know if this is going to work, but even so, conveying to a girl running in the still deeper shadow, cast by the wall of the Bibagar Gardens. Okay, cast. Does, does that do it for you? Carol, just read a fucking line. Okay, cast by the wall of the Bibagar Gardens, an idea of the immensity of distance, such as years before Miss Crane had been conscious of standing where a lane ended and cultivation began, a different landscape, but also in the alluvial plain between the mountains of the north and the plateau of the south. Okay, that's great. So you could pronounce alluvial. That's impressive right there. <laughs> Even when I could barely see it. But you know, you know, okay. And that's from so the Bosch Quartet, the Jewel in the Crown, which is extremely appropriate for the subject that we we're about you, to discuss. See, <laughs> see, that sounded like, to me, like a voiceover from like, you know, some kind of, from the Masterpiece Theater. No doubt about it. Well, yes, my, <laughs> my mother always says that my, my grandfather reminded her of Alastair Cook. <laughs> Is that right? So See? yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so let's okay. talk about your accent. You were okay. you were born in England? No, I was born in New Jersey. Oh, I right. lived there for five weeks, and then I was brought up in California. But my parents are English. That is why I have an accent. So your parents were English. My father was Australian originally. Okay, so it is. It is not. Uh, it is like. You know, not, not it is like something that people would say to themselves. Well, Carol never lived in England. Right? How is it that she has an English <laughs> accent? I was right? a very loyal child, <laughs> and I was so, brought up. But, as al- if. <laughs> but also, like uh, uh, something worth noting is that you were also an only child, right? Yes. So yes. you True. T- spent all your formative, very early formative and pre-verbal years, which, by the way, are very yes. underrated. People don't realize how yes. important those True. years are yes. for d- development of language. Yes. Around people's 
speaking with a British accent, yes. no? Yes, 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 completely. Yes, okay. my parents and my grandparents who lived with us, well, who lived very close to us. Um, oh, okay. Early, early, early on. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. so you were around a whole community. Of- yes. British and there was always people faking a British accent. <laughs> people who came by it very naturally. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, and there was yeah, and it's kind of funny actually now when I think about it because my father was very pro America and really wanted to be in America. Yet there was also always this possibility lingering that we were going to be moving back. So ah okay, um, that, so you wanted to be always, prepared, but yes, but you were right. mentioning today. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I you were mentioning that you become or are have been I don't know a little self conscious about it. It was always because people an issue. comment on it. Yes. Okay, so explain. I am surprised because okay. you never told me this. Oh God, I don't think well, so. Well, because over the years it's become a lot less English. So when I was a child, it was an extremely English accent. So, so what? Tell me like what the experience of having this accent is and what you've heard over the years the, as you've been a child and through it has gotten your life. better, but it still shocks me. Only two months ago I went out for drinks with people and somebody eventually geared up I mean I can tell when people start asking me where are you from or they used to say where are you from where were you born where are you you know they sort of get at it in different ways and then when they hear California New Jersey you know they still but I eventually I these days I cut to the chase and I say my parents are English so but people always say, and it happened only two months ago, oh, I thought at first you were just a snob. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a very... So is that what you're self-conscious about, yeah, that people think child, it sounds snobby? Yes. As a child, it was terrible and very kind of self-consciousness making continually to, you know, you walk into a room, you know the minute you open your mouth... This is what people when are going When you were like, say, 10 and younger? Yeah. Well, it was kind of worse... I mean, it was bad then, but it was kind of worse as a teenager, I would say. Mm -hmm. And it kind of dropped off when I moved to the East Coast. Mm -hmm. It was still bad when I was in college. But then when I moved to New York, I think people thought maybe I was from Boston and it became more of a snob kind of thing or became more okay. Did people make fun of you or what kind of? Oh, God. Yeah, it was terrible. Because also where I was brought up, there were plenty of kids who had actually, I was brought up in a university community and there were plenty of kids who had actually been born in London but raised in America, and they had American accents. So there was no really good reason that I had this English accent. So why why do you have it? I mean, is it just really ingrained in you? Or yeah, is there a part think, of it? I mean, it sounds lovely. Is there a part of it you, you like? I think at a certain – when I was in grade school, they actually wanted to give me speech therapy lessons to give me an American accent. <laughs> and my, I know, and my mother was very angry about it because she felt it was a perfectly good accent. <laughs> so well, I didn't have the speech therapy lesson. To label it as a condition is yes. pretty – Right. Up. <laughs> it was a that's very fucked up, up grade school. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty um, small-minded. Yeah, and I think then I i mean the way I feel now is that's the way I talk and get over it. You know? <laughs> and that is also gradually the way I began to feel in high school. I mean, it's the way I talk. It feels unnatural to me to put on an American accent mm-hmm. for the, you know. Try that. 
Can you? Can you? No, fake it? no? I really don't okay. want to. I All right, really don't cool. Want to. I'm glad to but hear you say. By the same, I'm glad you. I'm glad to hear about your boundaries. Thank you very I much. Them. I mean, every so often I do because I've written all of these stories on craft. C-R-A-F-T. And every so often when I'm reporting this story, I have to say to people, you know, craft. Because they just (laughs) cannot understand what I'm talking about. And it's so irritating. So finally, I have to. And then I get into this quandary if I'm, I have a friend whose son is G-R-A-N-T. So sometimes when I'm talking to her, I call him Grant, just because I feel it's his name. Mm -hmm. I can't call him Grant, really, you know, but it doesn't feel right to me. But then when I'm in England, people think, I have this incredibly American accent, but they say, well, it's not as bad as most Americans. You know, uh, so do you, feel, <laughs> do you feel like more more comfortable in England? Like in the No, because they like, think I'm completely American. <laughs> so, but I mean, is there part of you? See, what's, here's what's confusing to me. Yes. Um, so exactly how you feel about it, and I'm guessing you probably <laughs> – it's a love-hate relationship. <laughs> yes, are a little conflicted because you have a lovely voice and the accent sounds charming. So there's partly yes. part of it you want to keep. And I bet when you were like a little kid or child anyway, you know, younger, growing up, you would get some attention for it, no? No, I think it was a way of pleasing my parents. I think that's what it – I think it was a way of fitting in. And then I think actually when I went off to college, my parents – were able to become, you know, assimilate and become more American. And then Mm. I was too. And then also when I lived as an adult in England, I realized I was much more American than I had acknowledged. And then, uh, but when I lived in New York, I became, my accent dropped away. So it's a vestige of some degree. Yes. I mean, it it was much, much, much more English when I was a teenager and when I was a child. So did your parents, um, what was their attitude about um, American culture? Were they trying to hold on or hold on or did they want to preserve, uh, not hold on? Yeah, I think it was a combination. Were they, like, what did they say? Did they, did they want you to be one of them and be English, that your family was English and you got guys were all English? Was there some of that? You know, I think it was a combination and it probably still is in a way. When my grandparents were around, I, I you know, I think it was a combination with, uh, with all, of, I mean, obviously America was a lot better for them than England was. Otherwise they wouldn't have been here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that for a long time, they still felt England, my mother certainly felt England was home. Mm-hmm. And they're also really educated people, right? My, no, my mother isn't. But at your all. father? Yeah, my father is. What does he do again? He's a professor emeritus of electrical engineering and applied physics at Stanford. Yeah, so. But my mother didn't finish high school. Wow. So, um, so America was good for them both in very different ways. Right. Right. Um, well, here's but, here's what 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 I think. Th- this is whatever. Okay. Yes. What's your analysis? Here's my analysis. <laughs> Here's my analysis. But then analysis. do I get to analyze your analysis? You can. Oh, yes. Okay, good. Okay. So I think that your accent is just part of your character, and it has kind of a yes, perfect, I agree. perfect, what do they call a dovetail with your character in that, mm-hmm. like, you're obviously, I mean, you have a very highbrow career. You're right. an arts writer and a very... Uh, 
well-respected one who gets published in well-revered, well-respected places. But I still write for newspapers rather than, you know, very fancy schmancy places. Yeah, but that's right? something that people – that's not something the average Joe would under, even understand. Mm, I don't know. My father is an engineer rather than a humanities professor. Remember that too, you know? So but, but in the this. general public, when people meet you and they mm-hmm. make an, when you're making a first impression and right. people are forming, like they just, they're meeting you in, you know, you, you know, you're in a lot of social situations and even your work situations are, have a social um, component to them. And so you're, you're just interacting with people and you're exchanging information. And I'm sure, you know, you, you, you get a good feeling from them, they get a good feeling from you. But when they're assessing you in the most superficial way possible, they're just saying, oh, here's this fancy, they may be <laughs> saying, here's this fancy schmancy art writer. And, um, Honestly, they probably say to themselves, that sounds affected. Come on, that is what they're saying. I know, and it really pisses me off. I don't blame you. I'm <laughs> glad we're having this talk. <laughs> so, Because it's like, do they really think everyone in England is part of the ruling class? I mean, it's an entire country of ruling class people. <laughs> well, but see, That is ca- really Car- stupid. Carol, I think that you may be giving these people... <laughs> All the people that you that you inter all the people I know what you're going to say, and I think you may be right. You're giving them way too much credit because you're okay. Like you know, as you know, you went to Marfa. We haven't even had time to talk about this. Oh yes, but like two we weeks ago, that, right? and you were at the Chianti family estate, <laughs> and they paid you crazy amounts of money to speak there and all this shit. No, now you crazy. have this shirt. I'm jealous because I don't even have a shirt like that. <laughs> and um, we can order you one. Can you? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you one. can. <laughs> okay, I'll get one. I can okay. order it. Um, so anyway, uh, so anyway, so that was like very fancy. There were a lot, I'm sure, rich collectors. You know, blah 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 blah. The Chianti family and shit like that. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like everybody in that situation is probably fairly wealthy, fa- or at least fairly important, mm-hmm. and extremely self-involved. And all they are thinking is this Carol person seems absolutely lovely and very intelligent <laughs> and really fun. But and those smart. aren't the people who are. Saying- Saying, you sound affected. <laughs> but well, are, actually, no, but there are. No, there, but they're probably. What I'm trying yeah. to say is, they probably have an impression of you, and the impression is really positive. I think, mm-hmm. and then, um, and also, they respect how you know educated and intelligent. Um, you are and verbal, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, they probably think she sounds a little affected. So weird because they don't know what to make of your accent. It's not clearly anything. You know, I'm not sure that those people are the ones who would think. Uh, you know, well, who then? The last person who said that to me was somebody who actually came from Connecticut and <laughs> actually has a lot of money, <laughs> which I th- which is actually kind of funny when you think of Nouveau Riche money or. <laughs> Or um, money, money. I think probably money, money. Probably much more money than my family has, I would think. Well, I mean, no. I mean, you know, people who are um, self-conscious about money are probably more, I'm guessing, are more yeah. likely to comment on. Because, see, that's what. As usual, you get right to it, Lisa. You are very good at this, Lisa. Oh, I love this. <laughs> no, you know what it is, Carol? I'm willing to say the shit that uh, pisses people. Well, pisses. 
I'm 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 willing to say you're this not shit. pissing me off. No, I know that's because yeah. you and I can have a direct conversation. Right, right. But <laughs> see now, if I would said this to some other artist, artist person, you're like not, um, whose initials are, <laughs> they might have gotten pissed off. Uh huh. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, I do. It's all about how solid somebody's ego and defenses are. Mm. So it's to your credit also that you're able to to. Uh, you know, hear it and have, I mean, it's mm-hmm. good to know. It makes sense to mm-hmm. you. I'm not always, mm-hmm. certainly not right. Mm. Um, no, 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 I think a lot of the time you are. Well, no, but I mean, I don't, <laughs> Sometimes you I don't expect a lot of the time to you be, I don't, I'm not saying this because I expect to be right. Uh, mm-hmm. It rings true with you. And that is cool. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you, what do you think about that? Like who, some, you're, you're, mm. you're, what were, what were I think getting to is that some people judge you as being a snob, Right. Yes. Or no, I mean, the comment that I always used to get as a teenager was, at first, I always thought you were a snob. But now I realize you're really nice. And it's just like, it's so deflating, because then you realize, oh, my God, whenever I enter situations, that's what people think of me. You know, it's just if you're a shy person, which, I mean, now I think I come off as very warm and gregarious and open and so but that is so hard one I'm not really now now I am yeah that way but I mean I wasn't as a child and as a teenager I was kind of introverted and shy and it's just so if you think about it it's just incredibly deflating I think part of it is a compliment honestly I mean I can understand that I mean I felt honestly I felt a little bit like that about you when I met you which was <laughs> like 2000 and when was it 2000 it was right before I had my first spine surgery so, so that was like 2000 2010 10 yeah um yeah maybe like 2010 right yeah. um so anyway uh so like I was like you know, well, I thought I you were served mannerisms too. I think because I, I when I see myself on a recording, I have a lot of my mother's mannerisms, mm-hmm. and my mother is very sort of shy and ladylike and reserved looking. So I think I have a lot of her mm-hmm. physical attributes too. Do you right. know what I mean? Yes, I don't know. it's it's in your nature, and you're yeah. also very well put together. You always mm-hmm. like like the honest to God's truth is like you've got a great you know, amount of, like, the perfect amount of makeup on today, and you're all, like, got nice clothes, and you look very clean. I'm here in... (laughs) Well, I did just have a shower. (laughs) I'm in... Okay, so I had a shower, too, but it was, like, yesterday sometime, and... uh, Yeah, you didn't just have a shower. There's holes in my underwear, and I have this T-shirt that I normally don't wear outside, and I'm a little... But it's very nice. Well, thank you. But anyway... But you are doing this big shoot tomorrow right oh we're talking about that yes i'm shooting a tv pilot which i'm which is like you're totally freaked out i know i can't i can't i can't can't even think about it right now but it's for it's for i'm trying to manage it by like not taking it too seriously it's for um Local TV, Brooklyn TV, so I'm trying not to get myself... It will be fine. Yeah, no, I know, but you and know you what? you have a it director. Will, You're not doing uh, it all no, yourself. It, it's, so. uh, people are great that are mm-hmm. involved in it, and you know what? I just have to look at it as an experience. That's all. And I was just telling my mother last night how put together you always look. Get so. out! I really? was, yes. I didn't tell her get that... Out. 
that you were often stoned at your own party. <laughs> I left out that part. Is that but not <laughs> together? I think, I got to tell you, I am proud. I just left that part out. I am proud of how well I can manage myself when I'm high. <laughs> well, I just left that part out. But, you know, yeah. I just thought she doesn't need to know that. But I was telling her how put together you look really? all the time. Well, mm-hmm. thank you. You're welcome. Wow. See, but here's what we're learning here, Carol, mm-hmm. is that your perception of me is actually in a certain way better than I imagine. And my perception mm-hmm. of you is probably mm-hmm. better than you imagine. Mm-hmm. In the sense that, like, when I first met you, I thought, God, this person's so smart mm-hmm. and educated, you know, has so much information and all that. <laughs> so I was like, after we became friends, you know, we started, like, hanging out, or I don't even remember exactly, but, like, you know, um, I was just surprised that you were friendly to me because I thought, like, you were in a – I thought you were out of my league. Well, that's very um, nice of you. Thank you. But you can see. Do you see how I <laughs> yes. thought that? Are but you surprised? Whole, well, I think this whole uh, subject of education is really interesting because do you re- – I mean, maybe this is veering a little bit off topic, but I've been thinking about it recently. You remember those Marines I was friends with because I wrote about those yes. Marines, those yes. Marine those Marine Corps combat artists. And yeah. one of them I had a – big um, friendship bust up with recently and he wrote me a terrible letter saying you are overeducated and I think about that so much because he has a master's degree and I don't (laughs) I just think it's so no I just think it's so funny (laughs) like people often hurl this you know you're so overeducated accusation (laughs) like I have a BA. See, but that's, but that's. <laughs> and I bet you, do you have a master's oh, degree? Oh, no. Okay. But you have a BA, right? I do. Same level of education. Yeah, we are the same level of education. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's all about, it's all about perception. And a lot mm-hmm. of perception is, you know, just based on, you know, a lot of bullshit. So, mm-hmm. so. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I was brought up thinking about education because my father's a professor so it's something I take seriously but you know my father well I think education is just one side of the coin it's also mm-hmm. um, the ability to hold information and articulate it mm-hmm. and I think that you know that's what people respond to as well so well, let's talk about what you're going to do about if you're if you have an awareness of it how do you, how are you going to manage it you know um I guess what the so, accent thing. Yeah. Oh, it's just been going on for so long. I'm. I was just so stunned that it came up. You know, I just sort of thought by this point in my life, people are still going on about that. I thought that was really far behind me. Mm-hmm. But this was somebody in her twenties, so maybe uh, maybe at this age, you know, people. I mean, right. And right. also, like, I think as you get more established, people tend to say to you less, I just thought you were a snob. But, you know, it just doesn't come up as often. Well, it's kind of like, with that. it's kind of like um, a, yeah, not, not, it's not, it's not a socially, it's yeah. not a socially yeah. graceful way to handle it. Although right. I do love that kind of directness and honesty. <laughs> I wish more people were like that. Uh, yeah. But here's what I was yeah. going to say. I think that, which is all that counts. Um, <laughs> Okay, we're just getting to that point. <laughs> um, which which is that, you know, if you can casually acknowledge it in some really, like, lighthearted, minor way um, at some point. Maybe I could say, well, actually, I am a snob, but 
I also just have an English accent. <laughs> yeah, or just say, you know, I or something like, yeah, something like I don't want to, uh, you know, this is this is. Can you believe this? This is actually how I talk. <laughs> That's probably what I would say. Now you need you need to have your own version of that. I think it's just been going on for so long that I just think Ignore I roll it. my eyes inside my head silently and think. Jesus Christ, <laughs> go away. <laughs> well, that's actually the healthiest, I think. Good for you. I don't know. It's more in, and I do it in England too, because it's the other side of the. I just feel like I've lived with everybody's perceptions of the alternate culture for so long that oh, but I'm able to you know, not feel too much of the rage anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it is really... I still experience some of it, though. <laughs> when people say that. Yeah, I mean, it, but I yeah. guess we all have that, right? Like, one yeah. of the thing, I'll tell you what, like, bothers me. Like, people used to call me space cadet all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whenever I hear that... I really? Mean, oh, yeah. It used to make me insane. Really? What, that people call me that? Well, why would they call you? You don't seem at all space cadet -y. Really? That's good yes. to hear. See? What is that noise? I don't know. Do you hear a weird noise? I do. It sounds like a ventilation system. I hope so. I don't think it's coming from my stomach or anything. No, I don't think it is either. All right. I hope it doesn't mean that a nuclear bomb has exploded outside and we're... In the basement, in the shelter. right place. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, the ventilation is working, at least, yes. if that's what's happened. Yes. And we're communicating with the outside world our very important thoughts about... Well, you uh, know, the, 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 the board looks... The soundboard, I actually know enough to tell that it looks fine right now, so let's work with that. Let's okay. just go with that. Fine, okay. Um, so, anyway, um, I think that... Uh, yeah, yes. I think that, see, that's good to hear. But we have these, you know, see, I have this perception of myself, and that's hard to get. We just have these perceptions of you ourselves. You a space cadet? You're really? so serious. What do you mean I'm serious? Oh, I think you're serious. I mean, whenever we talk about advertising and, you know, like your early days in advertising, you don't seem like you were particularly a go-with-the-flow kind of person. Interesting. Well... I you don't seem know. like you were an against the grain, you know, person from uh, early on. I was an against the grain person. Yeah, um, <clears throat> in the wimpiest way possible, perhaps. Yes, but inside, which is where may it matters, may right? Maybe, yeah. I mean, I guess like what we're what what we're saying is is that uh, we all have these attributes that we don't have. It feels like you have some control over it, but you kind of don't, and you might as well not bother. And just own it hmm. for whatever it's worth. Well, maybe you behaved like a space cadet because you were not... Um, Confident or feeling yes. like I was a space cadet. Yes, or maybe because you didn't want to go along with the prevailing whatever it was. So that was just a way to... Oh, there we that go. noise went off. Okay, that's much better because it's sort of I less distracting. I know. I think yeah. what happened was that I was just afraid of humanity, and basically I was putting out this, um, uh, you know, information that I was, like, just harmless and don't hurt me. Mm. Mm. Mom, don't, mm -hmm. or don't hurt me. I know you think I, you know, whatever. Mm. Mm. 
Um, so anyway, I want to remind people where we are. We're at Radio Free, Free Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah, I can do it too, right? You can. And <laughs> okay. it, this is the greatest station in the entire Western Hemisphere. Have you seen the reports, Carol? Oh, That's yes, it, I have. It's a, and it's it verified. I know. <laughs> I know. So I'm excited to be part of it. And I can't wait to have that party tomorrow night where everybody's coming to Pine Box. I might not exciting. be there because I might be seeing the Steve Jobs movie and oh. feeling, oh, sorry. But oh, I, did you I get, might be feeling appalled by it. But really? Did you get like an invite, some kind of special invite? No, I just made plans before I knew about this party oh, to go with. got to you too a late. A friend, yeah. Well, you, we, you didn't listen to the, you know, I mean, everybody's But been, maybe we'll come to this instead. Yeah, come but, to this. You know, okay, I'm, I'm not going to well, say we anything Well, we can decide. We can decide. You can decide. Decide okay. it later. Okay. So anyway, um, okay. so that was good. I felt like I felt like we learned something there. Yeah. 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 It was good for me to be able to speak about it because I knew I was coming on with my voice only representing me, and I figured oh, we should get really it out good. of the way. And actually, yeah. I feel much better. I feel actually closer to you since we had the conversation. Oh, good, Lisa. Because I feel like it's something that it's not something I have dwelled on, but it is something that have crossed my mind, oh, and now I feel okay. like. Okay. It's the air is yeah. cleared, and it's like good to know that you're comfortable. That I'm not talk. really just a snob. No, but it also made me feel bitch. really good. <laughs> this is what's really important, kids out there in Psycholand. What's really important, or what I I, I can't believe it, Lisa. Were you always thinking that in the back of no, your mind every no. time we talked about all of these deep, penetrating things? No, we were thinking. No, oh, no, I, really I just thought. Snob. No, not snob. I just thought. That accent is sort of no. I mean, it, like it—it it, it wasn't something I focused on, but occasionally it would flow, flow through my head. That accent's neither here nor there. You know, it's like it's weird. Right. It's sort of like, and I guess well, she brought up. I didn't dwell on it, but now I understand it. Okay. But what's really valuable to me is that um, you were willing to talk about it so um, t- so um, openly and. Um, Honestly, which I think well, is really important, and I think that's what the most important thing of all of this psychology yeah. is, to have those kinds of communications. What well, also always requires so much explanation, it feels like, because, well, you I know, my father isn't really English, he's Australian, and then he was brought up in England, and that is its own bag of problems, and, you know, I don't know, it just, yeah. I mean, to me, it's all complicated. Well, this is what I would but say. But to other people, it isn't, probably. Yeah, if somebody, so. this is what I would say yeah. about you, if somebody said to me, Carol <sighs> has such an interesting accent, or whatever, and I would say, yeah, I know, it's re- genuinely her, I've talked to her about it, it's genuine, genuinely her, and it's like such a complicated story, her parents were from England, and she grew up here, blah, 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 but it's genuine. That's what I would say. You don't need to get in. I wouldn't get into the minutia of it because it doesn't matter, but I would say she comes by it genuinely, and that's the way she honestly talks, and it's not it's worth really, it it's really to true. change yeah. that. Yeah. So I think that's good, to, you know. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So um, anyway, so now back to me. So Carol, <laughs> Carol, Carol, like we, like I was telling you, people. Carol knows some of the artists that have been on my show, and uh, Carol knows me. And we were going to talk about the fact that I've heard directly, actually, that I haven't been as (laughs) hard on people as they have been expecting me to be. 
Um, so um, I've only heard that from one person, though. I've, but you've I've heard, heard it, it from, from two, two now. I've heard yeah. it from two now, and so I'm wondering if I um, get uncomfortable and retreat, or do you have any do you have any ideas about how how I can grow as a uh, radio show host, a talk really radio? Yeah. me? Yeah. Um, God, I don't know because I didn't hear your second complainant I don't know if that's the right yeah. word but I didn't hear the interview with your second the that's second right. person who's that's right. no, bitching just... about you <laughs> De- can I say his name uh, or are these people supposed to be anonymous I don't know I mean I would have asked them I don't like to gossip okay yeah. <laughs> what are we gossiping right now yeah. um, well, <laughs> if you want to know just send me an email and ask me okay whoever <laughs> ask me a private message on Facebook it's not that um, I'm hiding everything I just don't know if we should I'm, I'm very cautious about gossiping in my well, maybe, profession I mean maybe that uh, cautiousness did hold you that's possible that's what we're talking about people i can't imagine i mean but i just feel if i talk about these people coyly without mentioning their names it's going to be very coy and it's not going to be that productive or rewarding okay then let's mention their names okay what do you think so yeah but they were on the show it's not about them it's about us yeah i can't imagine that with david kramer you would be that shy i just can't imagine it would you be? I can't either. No, I mean, we've talked about um, his work and his financial situation, but I think that what David was expecting was that it was going to be like, really, that I was going to be like asking him really attacking um, psychotherapy questions. Like, uh, you know, like, David, why do you focus on making money so much? All you care about is money. Why is that? And you- instead, what did you ask? Uh, we had a real conversation, not like where I was just – the way I saw it was – this is how I see it, and you mm-hmm. tell me what you think. The way I saw it was that we had like kind of – we had an interesting conversation, and um, we talked about what we talk about, which is our careers. And I heard David talk about his career, and what was interesting that we got out of it was to understand how you can have a, be a super successful artist at one minute – and then be nowhere the next, and then be back up. And we went through that. And uh, as you know, that's a common thing, right, Carol? Right, right. And uh, <clears throat> But I think that um, David thought that it was going to be hilariously funny the whole time. And also, I pointed this out to David, that David likes when people are mean to him. Like his friend, his friendship with yes. Larry, and I've told David this so many times that and he has Larry's a- last name is. Oh God! No, I mean you can't. Okay, you know, Walzak, Walzak, Walzak. Okay, you can't be coy. In no, these I don't want right? to be coy. No, yeah. you're right. You're yeah. right. Okay, so Larry Walzak. I mean, here I am instructing you on how to run your radio no, show. But I mean, I just think if I you're mean, coy. I mean, no, no, you're right. Okay. You're right. Um. So. Uh, so anyway, so Larry Walzak uh, has a way of being very direct, and he's hurt my feelings a bunch of times. I think he knows that because he says some, like, mean things, like things that I'm not, either not ready to hear or mm-hmm. maybe just aren't even true, like mm-hmm. about my work or whatever, mm-hmm. things about things about my art. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, yes. And I think that he's like that with David, and I think David likes hearing that. And I actually saw... Larry be really mean, say really mean shit to David once. And I said to 
David, don't let him talk to you like that. But it sort of turns – it's fuel for David's fire. I think David feels like he's – like we all artists do sometimes, like a piece of shit. And when he feels like a piece of shit and Larry says shitty things to him – um, David just thinks, yeah, well, he's right. I'm a piece of shit. That's really funny because David is very funny in response to uh, people making, you know, shitty jokes about him. I mean, I – You think I, so? Well, yes. I mean, I'm always – I haven't seen David for years. But, I mean, David, you know, typically our relationship is I I make jokes. I mean, but they're jokes. I make jokes. Right. I make deprecating jokes about him and he's – Finds it very amusing, and he he loves he is self deprecating back. Yeah, he um, is self. I mean, he's hilarious, and he is self deprecating. Yeah, but uh, that's what he he was. I think, and I think maybe but let's analyze the tenor of the criticism. Okay, maybe that's going to be more productive. Okay, what do you think? So both sure. these people came up to you the next day, or in one case, the person came up to me right. the next week and said. I expected Lisa to give me more shit. Yes. And I, that would have given me a chance to shine on her show. Is that right? what he, Basically, that's yeah. what he said. Yeah. And isn't that – that's basically what David said to you too, I agree. wasn't it? Yeah, very much sim- – very similar. And I listened to this person's show and you're going to have us both on together perhaps at yeah, some to point. Talk, yeah, because I want to improve. The, I want to okay. improve also. Okay. I'm working on this. Okay. Um, and um, – so maybe, and I listened to the show and um, sounded kind of like you were talking to a lox who just lay there. <laughs> so you don't think he was giving me much? Yeah, but I also, there was, but maybe you were a little inhibited too. I, well, but I, I, but been, I didn't listen to all of it. I might I have, have been. Admit. Yeah, of course. But yeah. I might have been responding to him. And I mean, also, we never met before. And it's really hard to say. Yeah, and it is really hard to say. We never met before. Um, and I think that um, I think that he definitely had a different expectation about what was going to happen. Um, but I also think that maybe he was fine in the room and then later – see, this is what happens, I think, because I know as a performer myself – uh, you go into a situation and you expect it to be one way. I mean, actually, I, I'd like to think I'm better than this now if I have to, if I can. Um, but you walk in and you don't know what to expect, say, and then it doesn't go how you expect it. And then when you leave, you're like, fuck. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, some of it's me, but some of, the, some of it's them. What would you think about having both of them on? Together? With me. With you? That would be interesting. I don't think i'd love to have matthew on with you because i think that would be more more productive i don't know maybe maybe both of them i, I don't know maybe you th- what do you think what's your thinking on i it? think it, everyone might just combust and they'd all go up in puffs of smoke but it would be kind of interesting it might be no i don't think it would work actually i just don't see i just don't See, I think that would be too complicated because I think that David and – I actually think that David and Matthew are similar in certain ways, that they both um, – I think that Matthew has a – he's a real perfectionist, right? I – you know, I don't know him well enough to say well, that. I know David. Work, I know David much better because David was the contractor on my apartment. Yes. And that's the way – 
we relate and I rib him about, I mean, that's our whole relationship is, you know. That he was your contractor. Yes. And, you know, me giving him grief about it and him responding to that. But he's far too big to be my contractor anymore. I know. I wonder. I've heard. I think that makes him feel insecure. That he's too big to be my contractor? No, I think he thinks you're serious. (laughs) Oh, well, I am kind of because I'd really like him to come back and work on things. But I have I, – I can always rely on my super now. <laughs> I bet he was great. Anyway, yeah, was I think that, Matthew, I think what you're what I'm dealing with is um, these egos, male egos. I think um, – and I'm probably not as effective. I need, I need the experience. I need more experience. See, what I that really need to it. do – I wonder if it's dealing with men. Well, or with that kind of, of ego, yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is because um, that is probably an issue for me knowing my father. Yes. Um, and um, I need to look. What you just I, analyzed yourself. Oh Jesus! Uh, <laughs> well, what I need to do is work on a. I need to, you know, broaden my range. Um, where if I get somebody on and right away I can see like they're going to be like lumps to just fucking attack them and not worry <laughs> what they think of me. That's my new resolution. Well, there's always threatening them with a meat cleaver or something. Threatening to I mean, lock them in here. Right. Or put on your ISIS hood. <laughs> yeah, maybe Sorry, just wear ma- Oh my God, now we're going to get... <laughs> Sorry, that was a terrible joke. I don't know, but uh, you know what? I look, for, I look forward I'm to sorry, having. Sorry, that was a terrible joke. Oh, uh, there, no, you know. Okay, we're trying to be offensive. Uh, anyway, so I look forward to having you and Matthew on and seeing if we can uh, resolve all yeah. this. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, what 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 else can Martha? we? Martha, ta- Martha, how is Martha? Tell tell everybody what you were invited to do there. I was giving a. It wasn't really a talk. I was doing a two-person discussion with a curator from the Nasher, and it was called, now I named it, but I have a block against remembering what it was called, The Shape of the New Sculpture or The New Shape of Sculpture. So you named the like whole that. thing? Well, no, they were going to call it The New Sculpture, and I said, that sounds too much like School of Paris, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I said... Oh, no, they were going to call it Understanding the New Sculpture. The whole idea was it, it was for this magazine called Art Desk, which I write for, which is a wonderful magazine published two times a year by the Patrick Foundation in Oklahoma, which is one of my favorite places to write for because my editor is just completely out there and lets me do really wild things. Nice. Yes, she is great. Um Last time, two times ago, we wrote about, I wrote about Michael Heiser and City. And this Mm -hmm. time we wrote about, I wrote about, I say we because I feel like she's my collaborator, but she basically lets me do anything I feel like. Well, within the context of the story. Um, I wrote about Rick Lowe and a project that he's doing in Dallas. Rick Lowe? Yes. an artist? He is an artist. He is known for Project Row Houses in Dallas. Oh, Oh, Mm. And where he and some other artists took over a bunch of decaying row houses. Didn't somebody do that in I'm Detroit? I'm sorry, in Houston. In Detroit. No, there is, but, that's another one. Yes, but he is the original. He did it 25 years ago in oh, Houston. Oh, so that guy in, in, in Detroit is a copy? Well, not a copy, but I think everyone is inspired by Rick Lowe. I did not And the know thing that. about Rick Lowe that's so great is he doesn't have a gallery. 
there's no commercial aspect to it at oh. all. He is doing, and a lot of nonprofits, like nonprofits that are doing social stuff, you know, that are not doing art stuff, a lot of nonprofits are learning from Rick Lowe and using stuff that he does to benefit people. Oh, interesting, from yeah. his model. Yes. So do you yeah. do, um, what was I going to say? So uh, what was I going to oh, say? So this talk, mm-hmm. I we were doing a talk on essentially Michael Heiser to Rick Lowe, you know, mm-hmm. um, city to social sculpture, which has nothing but social relationships. So how does he get money? That's what I wanted to ask. Is, oh, how does he get money? I think grants. He, yeah, I think it's grants. And then he won it with MacArthur a oh, year ago. Okay, that'll help. Yeah. And okay. then the Nasher in Dallas funded this other project in Dallas, which... Okay, so he's not also working at McDonald's. No, he isn't. But I would think in the beginning, he did a lot of stuff like that. But sure. I mean, it's not like he is showing his work at White Cube and he's yeah, doing he multiples could, he and could, editions. He could if he wanted to. Yeah, but he's, it's... Uh, he has integrity. Let's not forget he that. He is pretty impressive and he's uh, he seems like a really great person. I've only met him once, but I was very impressed. So we did this talk on this sculpture, me and this um, curator at the Nasher, and it was... It was fantastic. I bet. It was a lot of fun. Were there a lot of people there? Was it a good yeah. house? Yeah, we had um, – it was a gallery also run by this foundation, and the gallery was full, and um, I was very sick at the time. <laughs> the talk went oh. pretty well. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I had a fever when I went oh. to Marfa. I was so sick. Oh, that's but, a shame. Yeah, it was a very long – it takes a really what long time to get there. What about the place you stayed? Was it really nice? Um, oh, the, didn't I tell did you, you about <laughs> you mentioned it. a Hotel Paisano? <laughs> what is it like? Well, it's this kind of great funky place that is really known for being the place when they filmed Giant where the cast of Giant stayed. So oh, they really? have the Elizabeth Taylor suite, the James oh, Dean wow. suite, the Rock Hudson suite. And it's very funky and wonderful. But they have all of these shared balconies. And before you go into your room, they say, smoking is not permitted, which is great if you have asthma like right. I do. right. So in the middle of the night, I was ready to get into my bed after, you know, it takes as long to get yeah. to Marfa as it takes to get to the Persian Gulf. It takes yeah. a really long time. I know. Um, I know. And drive, I was besides. ready to get into bed and suddenly I had this shared balcony and suddenly my next door neighbors emerged onto the balcony drunk and smoking. Oh, no. <laughs> like so what did you do? 10 feet from my head. I went downstairs and complained and... The guy downstairs, but smoking is permitted on the balconies. <laughs> anyway, I did not have a very charmed trip. So, and then on my well, last that sounds night, sounds like a great hotel, though. It was, but it was. I don't know if I yeah. stay there again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh my! This, I heard this is the biggest station in you know the Western Hemisphere. So, we're, well, like better clean up oh, their act. Oh, holy shit! Okay, don't sue me. I loved it though. It mm-hmm. was charming. Sounds great. But it. So we have 10 minutes. Let's wrap up. Like, um, okay. let's wrap up. Let's psychoanalyze this, this, this talk. So what's, okay. what's your feel? What's your feeling about the talk? Um, my feeling. <laughs> well, at some point I said bullshit. <laughs> and one of the audience members said, oh, you mean BS. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And then afterwards people came up to me and said, oh, 
You were so funny, the way you broke into obscenities. <laughs> I was oh, so embarrassed. See? That was almost – so people weren't saying to me afterwards, oh, you sound so affected. <laughs> they were saying, you were so funny, the way you were so foul-mouthed. <laughs> it was like see, the opposite. That's what, <laughs> see, that's what – see, that's a great use of – see, that's – that's what's great. You have like this manner of speaking, and then uh, well, when don't you, you know say, people in England say "fuck" more than anyone else does? Maybe you should go. Maybe you should go for voice over work. Maybe you should go for voice over work. So, how did our session go today? What do you think? Hap- what do you think we? What do you think happened here? You know, I think we came to some interesting revelation about my accent, but I forget what it was. But at some point, you did say something about you're probably ascribing more um, intelligence or thought or sensitivity to <laughs> people's analysis of you than is actually there. It was something like that, right? I said that to you. I think you did. It was something like that. You're probably giving. You're probably assuming people think about these things more deeply than you do, or, or than they do. Not that they like that. not no, not that they're not. I think that they're. That's not. Well, I'm glad point. you brought that up. That isn't what I meant. <laughs> I think what they're doing is like they're imagining you as. <sighs> I didn't mean that they didn't think that you were extremely intelligent and. Uh, no, but didn't you say at some point you give people um, people? I don't think people are like too like, much credit for thinking thoughtful analysis or something. Well, I think like you know, just in general. I think like in general, like for me, like you know, we never really talked about your accent. I mean, it's crossed my mind, but mm. it's not like on the front of my mind, especially like when I think about you, I think about you, I think about the conversations we've had, I think about like, you know, with stuff like, I wonder how your trip was. Mm-hmm. And then like the accent, like, I feel like I know your personality enough that like the accent is whatever, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. like a detail that I don't, it's a very superficial part of you. So I don't think about it that hard. Mm-hmm. And I think that like in, 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 uh, group situations, like at that talk, I think people thought it was hilarious to hear oh. cussing coming out of your mouth. Oh, that's really funny. But that I don't never think occurred to people, me. I don't think people are thinking is, what's that accent? I think they're thinking a lot of things. I, I think they're going to mm. say like that person sounds really intelligent. If you had the accent and you didn't sound and you weren't saying intelligent things, then none of that would work. Um, it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. If I just said bullshit and I didn't. You yeah, mean. like if you were talking about, you know, getting your hair done or like where you went shopping. Or, or if I'd been those drunken people in the room next to me saying bullshit, nobody yeah. would have said, oh, that was so funny to hear you swearing. Right, exactly. <laughs> I guess well, they what, just did that all the I think, time. I think what's behind that is that um, we – we are, you know, we're just more, we're just more self-conscious about all our own shit than mm. people. Like, I mean, it's the same thing as sometimes, you know, last week I had such a meltdown because of this pilot that I, that I actually had an emergency therapy session because <laughs> I thought that these three people in Bushwick that know each other had decided to stop talking to me. I really believe that. And like, in the re- I was just under stress and it was crazy, but 
in reality is they're not thinking about me at all. Mm-hmm. It's just that I'm uptight, I'm in my head, and that's going on. They, No one is thinking about anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we imagine, like a lot of times you say something, you think you offended somebody, and a lot of times they don't even, they won't remember it. Has that ever happened to you? I'm sorry I oh. said that. And then somebody goes, I don't remember you saying it. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yes, I probably. Mean, you know, yes, the probably. The phenomenon, so. right? Yes, I sure, think it happens sure. to everybody, yes, right? Yes. <laughs> no, Lisa, it only happens to you. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Oh, I thought you were going to say is that you've never said anything offensive. <laughs> no. <laughs> or maybe people don't even bother telling you. They're just like, there's Carol shooting her mouth off again, <laughs> saying shitty things to us. Well, what do you expect? They probably no, are like, that that's who she is. No, it's more like I get emails from people. I had these big stories come out a, a couple of weeks ago. And immediately, you know, my editors, of course, got letters or comments from people saying, mm-hmm. oh, these are wonderful. I got immediately like three long complaint letters. <laughs> But nobody said anything good. I mean, that's sort of from con- from um, from um, like the people internet? who were in the story, people who had something to do with the story. They were just I like, hear a lot of that from people so that depressing. write yeah. writer, writers now that how painful that is. Oh, God. That, um, yeah. And do you get um, do you get consumer comments like reader comments? Yeah, sometimes. Yes. Yes. So sometimes. is that stuff really hard on you? Or? Yeah, it's really depressing when you just yeah, and it was all when I had a fever and was on my way to Marfa. It was just so depressing. <laughs> so how do you hold on to that? Like, how does it not affect you? I would probably just curl up. I don't, you know, as visual art, you hardly ever hear anything. So they all have to be dealt with pretty quickly. So I what do just, you do? You just spend the back? afternoon writing letters back and figuring out how to deal with it. Yeah. And then what happens after that? Do you get like a... Um, then you deal with the aftermath to it, kind of. But I mean, do you ever have an editor saying we got such negative feedback on this? No, because usually it's something stupid. But uh, I mean, I, it it often happens that... I mean, I think it means that something, even if the feedback is negative, it sometimes means that it's hotly read, you know, yeah, and there's right. like a lot of emotion stirred up by right, it. But, right. So um, you're able to process. Yeah, that. but it's just. That's because like, your parents love you. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I think it's just like experience. <laughs> yeah. Like you're used to it. Yeah. So it's. Right, yeah. right, right. But a lot of, like, I was talking to somebody who does the Exo Jane blog, and she, an editor, for, this is like over a year ago, and she was quitting because she couldn't take the uh, oh, shit from the oh. con. Yeah, Exo Jane has had a lot of pro. I mean, I just happened to know that. Really? What, what, what's happened? Didn't they have a whole lot of, like, Really Nick. nasty comments on their. Uh, I did not know that. I have a feeling that they pissed they people did. off. No, I just have a feeling that there were like a whole lot of nasty, vile reader comments or something. I have a feeling. So it must I be that something up. about the tone of their. Blog. No, I have a feeling. Well, what were you going to say? Because maybe I just no. I just thought maybe it's the tone of the blog, and so it, it attracts those kinds of nasty commenters. No, I have a feeling that there was like some nasty event with like uh, people posting really horrible stuff, and I know this because there are these private Facebook. 
Facebook groups for freelance writers, uh, and I sort of seem to remember reading something uh, about this. I don't insane. read Exo Jane, but I just seem to remember. Well, I'm always this. surprised because you know Mark Marin, who I'm a huge fan of, like he is always so thrown off by mm. um, tw- Twitter trolls. Like oh. he's so successful. Uh-huh. And it's the one thing that really gets to him, mm-hmm. and they're anonymous Twitter trolls. Mm-hmm. And I'm always surprised how, mm-hmm. you know, people who are so accomplished are still really affected by it. So mm-hmm. you, you seem much more grounded. You would, pro- you, I'm sure, you are a lot more grounded than Mark Marin. That's easy. So y- you know what I mean. But I think a lot of people. No, I'm really disturbed by it when it happens. I mean, I, I'm. I mean, I make it sound easy now, but this is because I got this reaction. No, remember I told you at the beginning of this that I wanted to talk about uh, how upset I was about certain bloggers and one of oh, these is things. That what we were going to yes, talk and about? one of these things I wanted to talk about happened six years ago, and I still get really pissed off oh, thinking about my it. God. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so oh. no, it's very distressing. Well, you know what? Next time, because we're almost out of time, yeah, when, when we have Matthew on, we're going to talk about that too. Okay, we'll, Fine. Leave, we'll give you fifteen minutes. Just Thank in you. the beginning, just to talk about that. So okay. I just want to tell everybody how much I love them for being out there and listening. And um, I hope that you're uh, having a great day emotionally. And uh, I look forward to meeting you at the uh, Pine Box tomorrow night.